Hi, my name is Bart Meiland and I work as an internship coordinator at the Humanities Faculty of Utrecht University. Together with Josie Smit, Karen Schoutsen, Sanne Sprenger and career officer Jules Bergevoet, I organize several Your Perspective events each year. During these events, Humanities alumni share their experiences in studies and career. And each time we focus on one area of work in which many of our alumni become active after graduation. This time we discuss working within policy and consultancy. Because of the corona measures we have decided to record a podcast instead of hosting a big gathering. In each episode of the podcast I speak to one of our alumni. Unfortunately only one episode, this one, is in English. If you want to practice your Dutch listening skills, please check out the other episodes as well. My guest for this episode is Josephine van Marle, who did two bachelor programs at Utrecht University. Liberal Arts and Science first, and then History. And she followed this by a master's at Maastricht University, Politics and Society. Our talk was recorded via an online video call, so the quality of the audio is affected by that. But we do hope that you will enjoy and get inspired. We're very happy you could uh, join us this way. Thank you. So you work uh, in policy and uh, consultancy. Uh, first, I would like to just ask you to tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, I guess about my journey. Um, it started in 2009. I walked into Utrecht University um, and I started in the program of liberal arts and sciences. So the okay. regular program, um, not at UCU. And, um, and that was a very, very interesting interdisciplinary program with lots of people that were very engaged in, you know, discussing topics and things about um, politics and those kind of things, very socially engaged. That was really uh, basically the start for me. And then I did a lot of courses. It, it was immediately kind of um, definite for me that I would choose something in like the political field because mm -hmm. polit politics have have always had my interest so I decided to uh, take the and, and basically go for the major in um, political history and international relations and um, I did lots of courses about basically the history of racism uh, gender studies some courses also about the Vietnam War, um, basically a lot of uh, central topics and, and, and the focus was on understanding contemporary history and how we got, how our society is currently shaped by history uh, and how that it is basically uh, analyzed from different uh, academic perspectives. That was an amazing, an amazing um, bachelor program, but it was also during a time of the economic crisis and basically, you know, um, the, the labor market was not that waiting for just another student of liberal arts and sciences, which basically means like you're very broadly educated, but I didn't really feel like I had the, the baggage or very specific knowledge about one topic. So I decided to study uh, history as well yeah. and I already did some some courses uh, courses from the history program in my liberal uh, arts and sciences program so it was also kind of an easy way of doing a second bachelor program 
and I focused mainly in the course that I could choose in the history program also on contemporary history. So I kind of, I, I kind of got a more broad perspective on that disciplinary uh, knowledge in the, the field of uh, history. Did you uh, start that second ba- uh, bachelor's within the time that you were still doing the liberal arts and sciences or? Yeah, so, so somewhere around the end, I think. I think it was it was in my third year that I made the decision to uh, to do the second program as well. Um, and in that 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 moment, I also started to realize because I was very kind of activist, student activist, be, um, uh, before in while still studying liberal arts and sciences and then I kind of translated that into okay let's become active in like more student politics in uh, the university so I enlisted for the faculty council yeah. and that's basically where my journey started um, with regard to policy and thinking about those those uh, questions and um, analyze and review policies so you campaigned and you got elected, right? And yeah, so then yeah, you served exactly. for one year. That was for one year, yeah. And I did that um, in the time I think I was fourth, fourth year or something, or maybe fifth year. Yeah, something like that. Um, student at Utrecht University, and then uh, because it was also you know active in very different different ways, but more from an activist perspective um, and. I just thought, okay, let's just give it a try because I got an email from the university and they basically kind of called um, called students to participate in the elections. And I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, let's just find out. It was, it was not really like a full-time commitment. So, uh, and I was interested in, in policy and in politics, those kind of things. So yeah, why not? Well, how did it work for you? Um, I mean, on the one hand, you were activist, an activist, yeah. um, which is a, a totally different energy than talking in long meetings with, with the council or yeah. talking policy, creating policy. So how did that work for you? Did, did you know at that point, at some point, I will probably work uh, within uh, policymaking? Or were you still like, no, that's not the way to go, but this is nice for now? Yeah, well, it's interesting because now I, when we're now talking about it, I kind of realized that... Um, my um, kind of policy work for the for the faculty of humanities was making me more activist because in that year that I was in the faculty council, um, there was a student uprising at the UFA. There was there were actually students that occupied the UFA for I think it was about a month or something like a really long time. We had lots of sessions about student democracy and decolonization of the university and like all of that activism kind of became tangible in my work as you know a student representative of uh, in the university or a faculty council i was really inspired by that by those protests as well i was very engaged with with the discussions at that time and we also organized different types of debates to uh, see how we could, you know, um, foster student engagement in policy in different different ways, and you know how how we would organize that. I realized in that year in the faculty council that we had uh, a right to say something about diversity policies, 
in as a member of the faculty council so i asked at that time you know what what is the diversity policy from the faculty of humanities and it turned out that there wasn't any at that time and i thought okay well if i have a right to vote about this as a student representative then i also want there to be policy and it was kind of the start for me in that bubble of you know active student activism and um, calls for decolonization of the university that I kind of got my inspiration of okay so I can take my role as a student representative to uh, bring forward this kind of uh, idea or necessity basically for uh, diversity policy because I kind of realized okay so we don't have policy it kind of explained a lot for me so it kind of also made visible for me like, okay, I'm studying at Utrecht University, which is very white, very homogeneous. Um, and uh, that was kind of the eye-opening moment for me. Like I wanna I wanted do something about this or at least uh, draw more attention to this. So I uh, enlisted for the University Council. I also got elected on the topic of diversity and inclusion. And that was basically the start of my diversity work. Yeah. And so now you work for a company that uh, deals with diversity and inclusion in education. So that's nice. But there's a few steps in between. But did you at that point know, uh, know that you would want to do something like this professionally as well? I guess that this was something that I just had a passion about. And I was just very convinced that we needed to do something about this. Um, and I was also very much aware because of the different, you know, uh, academic um, courses that I that I uh, did uh, to discuss topics like race, ethnicity, um, gender, inequality, those kind of things, sociology and um, and whatnot. I, I kind of had an academic experience in in or you know analysis on these topics, but not really practical. And I guess that it had my interest but I didn't even know that there was work in that field. Um, and currently diversity work and diversity and inclusion work is much bigger. It's much more, you know, much more people working. But at that time, it was not that every university or, or University of Applied Sciences had, for example, diversity office. Um, it was not that common yet. So there were some universities and university of, universities of applied sciences that were really engaged but it was not that uh, common yet at least uh, or explicit in a way so between your professional career and your studies uh, at utrecht university you did the masters in maastricht uh, as i mentioned before politics and society what was the the rationality be behind that what was uh, what was it you looked for there that you didn't have in your bachelor yet or in any other program? Um, yeah, so in between, uh, after the University Council, I, um, I actually applied for different masters, <laughs> but I didn't get in. It was a master in, um, I believe it was global history in uh, Berlin, and I wanted to go to Berlin, uh, study abroad. And that when that basically fell through, I um, I uh, I had a lead on you know doing an internship at the Ministry of Education, and um, so I started there as an intern instead. So I kind of had a different 
yeah, not really linear path. At that moment, I was just doing, you know, whatever came um, on my way, I would say. Um, and um, so I decided in that year when I was first interning and after that, I, I could still work there for a couple of months as a, a policymaker um, on the uh, Directorate of Higher Education and Student, student Loans. And um, I kind of decided, okay, I, I really want to do uh, a master's. And then I thought, okay, I want to study something new. So I decided to, um, to look for a type of education that I really wanted to try out. And that's why I came up with problem-based learning. Um, and that was, I, I knew a professor um, that was my colleague, actually, when I worked at the ministry. He worked at uh, Maastricht University. Um, so I kind of talked with him about, you know, what, what does it mean to, to do the, this kind of method um, uh, in education? So that's why I actually chose for Maastricht, because, you know, they, they, uh, they use that method of problem-based learning. Uh, and I really like the, the, the combination of theory and practice and really discussing in that, in that kind of uh, methodology. Um, when I saw the program, I, I just knew that that was going to be for me. Um, but I actually already worked at ECHO when I started my master's. So I could combine that basically with, you know, studying um, in Maastricht because uh, ECHO works from home a lot. So basically it's more like a new working what's kind of normal now in times of Corona and, and this new context. Um, ECHO already did that. It's nice to see that all of your little lines don't really add up in a, a conventional way. It's uh, not one thing after another, but it all meets each other, not circular, but in a, in a more messy way, which, uh, which is often the case, I would say. Uh, but you also did uh, some work uh, for FNV uh, Women, the Solar Labor Union for Women. Uh, yeah. How did you end up there? Was it also an internship or... Yeah, no, it was actually uh, when I was still at the um, working at the Ministry of Education. Uh, I also really wanted to do something on a voluntary basis. So I applied. They were they were looking for a board members, and my mom's actually been very active uh, at FNV Frau as well. Um, so it was kind of a way of just, I, I yeah giving back to a, a different um, a different line of passion, I would say, for me as well, the, the women's cause, yeah. And what I really liked about FMV Frau was that it has a long history of, you know, working with different communities um, uh, to really centralize women's lives um, and make that better in, like, different, different ways, I would say. And uh, yeah, that was that was just more on a voluntary basis. Now you work full time at Echo. You do all kinds of uh, activities there. So uh, so what is that like? What do you do exactly? What do you uh, research? What do you make policy on? Um, yeah. So Echo is a center of expertise on diversity policy, um, which means that we. Um, basically provide advice, consultancy. We develop programs in light of diversity and inclusion. And the focus of ECHO is on cultural diversity. 
Um, and from that perspective, from that dimension, we take um, an intersectional perspective into account. But we really try to address perspectives of cultural minorities in, um, in the Netherlands. But we're based in the Netherlands, and, um, but we have a broad international network. So and, what I and do... Could you tell us a little bit about uh, that intersectionality, which is a word that maybe not all students know yet? The term intersectionality is actually coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, which is a, a feminist um, a scholar, a woman of color, um, that tried to, uh, by using this term, uh, tried to show the complexity of identities and how different intersections of dimensions that make us unique, it form our identities, uh, to kind of show that complexity. So that the experiences of, uh, of white women, for example, in the women's movement are different from women of color or queer people in the community uh, to kind of highlight that it's important to uh, see and acknowledge those differences in order to uh, see what necessary steps we can take to uh, dismantle power structures, for example, that are upholding inequality in society. And from uh, or in this perspective, it's very important to acknowledge uh, structures that are very, you know, dominant and created uh, institutions that or in our society. Um, so it's basically acknowledging racism, it's acknowledging the impact of sexism, it's acknowledging um, how uh, heterosexuality is still the norm. Um, it's acknowledging you know, the, the dominance of cisgender people. Um, and it's in, in that way, yeah, kind of showing the complexity but what we really aim to do in, in the work um, of ECHO is to acknowledge and to really talk about the uncomfortable conversations uh, regarding race and ethnicity. Uh, in the context of the Netherlands, that's a very, you know, kind of scary topic to, to discuss. Um, and we really facilitate those conversations or we try to facilitate that. Yeah, so the motto of ECHO in a way is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, um, which means that we really try to discuss, you know, those experiences of discomfort with an intentional focus of discussing, you know, inequality due to uh, discrimination of uh, people of color and, and racism. Yeah. What is it exactly that you do in consultancy and policy making? Uh, it really differs. My role in in um, the work of ECHO is mainly to um, to coordinate the Students for Students campaign. And Students for Students campaign um, is a campaign that really um, aims to inspire and develop different types of projects that are grassroots uh, developed by student communities, by um, uh, professionals in higher education that work with students communities um, in light of diversity and inclusion so uh, the overall aim of these projects and it's actually a total number of I believe 27 uh, that we we have running right now um, is supporting them in creating equal opportunities in different contexts some projects are focusing on um, 
providing mentoring to different students, different groups of students. Other programs are, you know, facilitating safe space sessions for students of color in the university. Other programs are providing um, providing more curriculum changes in uh, in higher education. Uh, so it's a very broad variety of um, of projects, and our role from Echo is more to support those projects in um, becoming successful and and also sustainable initiatives. So to really uh, help them in creating a space where they can flourish, and and that's mainly mainly the goal of the campaign. Um, and that's that's the the most uh, important thing that I do at Echo. But we also provide training, trainings and workshops to create awareness around diversity and inclusion, um, how we can talk about these topics, because it's, it's a very uncomfortable thing to talk about if you don't have the language or frameworks or concepts to discuss these realities. And, um, you know, policymaking and consultancy, they both have uh, certain stereotypical views about them. Uh, with <laughs> policy making, uh, uh, I, I noticed that people uh, and students tend to think, oh, it's boring, you sit behind a desk all day. With consultancy, they see people in, in suits and uh, people with fast cars and with a slick story. Um, but when I l listen to your story, it doesn't feel like it's that at all. Uh, could you comment? Yeah, I think I, I understand that. I think policy, in a way, is a means to an end. It's not a goal in itself. Um, so our goal is to create a more equal society for everyone. Um, and diversity policy is a way to do that, to get there, basically, or it can contribute. Um, so we kind of support organizations in developing their own diversity policies. Um, and that's basically from the acknowledgement also that, you know, not all organizations are the same. Um, not all uh, organizations or institutions have the same populations, um, have the same questions, have the same discussions or debates. Um, so we, re we really try to focus on, you know, getting, providing support in a way. We're providing advice based on uh, the context of of these organizations and these institutions yeah so it's more consultancy in a way is, can be anything right i mean if you give advice then you can call yourself a consultant um and i think that that's that's kind of the 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 question for us always to make sure that we have yeah that context into account that we take that context into account and um and from that perspective we try to give um uh, different viewpoints co uh, combine that also with with uh, theoretical frameworks also connect them with uh students that are part of our community that we really work with closely um as critical friends for example so we really try to combine theory practice but also that that critical uh, perspective um, from the communities that we that we work with and that we work for actually but I think that those processes and, and getting getting more people 
in, in the same direction or in a similar direction, I think that's a very outcome and a very important outcome of policy. And it can, it can be like, um, uh, it can be a framework. A policy is a framework from which you can build. Um, and if there is policy, it makes it possible to start projects that uh, are in line with the policy of an institution or an organization uh, that actually provides that uh, basically on the ground impact that you're looking for. So I think in a way it, it is, we need it all. We need people that are activists. We need people that are, you know, working in projects um, um, within different contexts, you know, to do the work, but we also need people in the policy, you know, uh, contexts that are actually working on these issues as well. And we, we, we basically try to do that to bring in the Students for Students campaign, we try to bring those initiatives together. So um, we really try to inspire student organizations that, that are already doing, you know, diversity and inclusion work within their own student communities. Um, and initiatives from, for example, teachers that are very passionate and working very hard on these topics to really bring that together with, you know, a funding from from the government and supporting that. So you've you've studied at uh, our faculty. So what what skills or knowledge did you gain within the humanities program, and didn't you gain that is really helpful right now, or what did you miss in the, in, in in that sense in your studies here? Um, what I learned was to kind of analyze these big questions regarding, you know, institutions and, and politics and equality and those kind of things and, and war and, and peace and those kind of uh, topics, I would say. But what I missed at Utrecht University was, you know, a diversity of students. That was also one of the reasons why I started the initiative of, you know, uh, creating more around awareness around the lack of attention to diversity as well. Did you get that more in Maastricht or was it kind of the same? Uh, Maastricht was a very international program. So it was very small, very international program, which was um, interesting. Yeah, it had for that reason more diversity but also a different kind of diversity. So international students, it's a different kind of uh, community also I would say than than diverse backgrounds from the Netherlands you know Dutch students basically with diverse perspectives um, not to say that all Dutch uh, students studying at Utrecht University are thinking the same but I mean you know if we are discussing topics about you know the history of racism those kind of things then uh, I guess that it is of vital importance for us uh, for us all, for the teachers that are teaching these topics, for us as students to have a critical debate about these topics. When I was uh, younger, when I did my first internship, uh, I was kind of shy in a way. Uh, and it took me a while before I got the confidence, um, the self-awareness to say, okay, I do have something to say that matters. And how was that for you? Because I noticed this with a lot of students as well. How was that for you? Uh, when did you get that kind of confidence that you needed to really say, okay, this is my advice to you and I think it's valuable? I actually think that I'm, I'm still maybe a little bit, um, you know, not sure about, you know, that place. And I think it's also inherent uh, to doing this work. Uh, I identify as a white woman. Um, for me, 
it is still searching for the the moment you actually uh, are kind of you know finding a balance between taking space and making space that has always been the question on on what moments are am i really going to raise my voice and um on what moments do i provide a platform for others to actually you know voice their experiences or their analysis and and I must say, I mean, I'm the only white woman working at Echo and uh, because they, uh, the rest of my colleagues are, uh, they have so much experience in, you know, analyzing these kind of questions that they always kind of help me in, in defining when I can or cannot, you know, um, take or make space. And sometimes, yeah, I guess from, from an inclusive perspective, that also means we need to include white people in those conversations. I, I guess it's just a process of doing things that you find important and um, reaching out to people that are, uh, that want to portray this message with you, together with you. You will grow anyway. Um, maybe you will never be that confident that you think other people are, but I think as a starting professional, everyone's um learning still learning yeah uh, do you have any tips uh for our students and young alumni who might be interested in doing the same line of work what can they do to become yeah. like you <laughs> um i think i mean not necessarily diversity work but i would say you know, in, if there is a topic that interests you and that, you know, gets your heart bump faster, um, I would say just develop that in what, while you're still studying. Because when you start working, it's a different reality. And then you need to adapt to that, you know, professional environment. And, you know, you want, maybe you want that, that next contract as well. So you, can, you kind of start to... Um, to mold yourself in a certain way to to fit into an organization but if you do something that you really really like and you find you find a topic then that really gets gets you going i think you know that could be sustainability or it could be something totally different or maybe maybe you know something in business just develop that in 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 your studies i think the skills that i developed during my studies made it, for, made it easier for me to understand the things that I was doing. But, you know, yeah, really developing, developing skills and how you do that in practice, how you translate that knowledge that you gained throughout your, your study program into the reality in the real world in a way. Um, that's, that's definitely a challenge for academic students. Um, for university students because we don't do internships a lot. It's not really common to work in a company to actually see what you can do, you know, with the things that you learn. So just try to develop that in a voluntary basis at, you know, an organization that you find interesting or, yeah, just follow your heart, follow your passion and do something that you, that you find important. And then things will follow from your network that you're building while you're still studying. Thank you so much. I think uh, that can conclude our session, uh, this session. And uh, I invite all students to, uh, to reflect on this, uh, but also to take a look at the other uh, uh, interviews that 
uh, are here on the site right now. And uh, maybe one day, Josephine, we get to see you uh, live in front of an audience so they can also ask you uh, other questions that I forgot to ask, didn't ask. Uh, but it was very nice to have you and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much too. Yeah, it was wonderful to be here. This was a talk in our podcast series, Your Perspective of the Faculty of Humanities at Utrecht University. If you're interested in hearing stories from alumni in other areas of work, check out our website. There we will post more episodes of the podcast over the next couple of months. Our website can be found by googling Your Perspective Humanities Utrecht University.